if you happen to have some opportunity to be a mentee or to mentor, either way, just go for it. It doesn't matter if you feel as a mentor, you don't feel you have enough experience. It's okay. As a mentee, oh, there are many people, other people that might need it more than me. No, it doesn't matter. You, you can gain so much from it. You know, to gain basically the confidence in skills, to be able to see the situations, to reflect on it, to give some advice from experience. So if you happen to have any opportunity to get, uh, to be mentor or to mentor, go for it. Hello and welcome to Developer's Journey, the podcast bringing you the making of stories of successful software developers to help you on your upcoming journey. I'm your host, Tim Bourguignon. On this episode 248, I receive Limor Mekaitin. Limor is an engineering manager at Wilco. In her previous roles, she worked at various sized startups, uh, both as a software engineer and as a manager. She's also a volunteer in two organizations the one is about the largest community for senior female engineers in Israel. And the second one is Plateau, where she mentors other managers. Limor, welcome to Dev Journey. Bonjour, Tim. Thank you for having <laughs> Bonjour. me. Bonjour. <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> awesome. But before we come to your story, I want to thank the terrific listeners who support the show every month. You are keeping the Dev Journey lights up. If you would like to join this fine crew and help me spend more time on finding phenomenal guests than editing audio tracks, please go to our website, devjourney.info and click on the support me on Patreon button. Even the smallest contributions are giant steps toward a sustainable dev journey. Journey? Thank you. And now back to today's guest. Livor. As you know, the show exists to help the listeners understand what your story looked like and imagine how to shape their own future. So as is usual on the show, let's go back to your beginnings. Where would you place the start of your developer's journey? Yes. So let's see the start. Well, I've always loved both math and computers. So my mom is a math teacher. And ever since I was a child, she taught me some math in a fun way. Like, you know, uh, first numbers, then negative numbers, and so on, even when I was, you know, in, in preschool. Um, so I grew up to really like it. Uh, and my father is an electrical engineer and a gadget safety. So he always had a computer at house. And in the early 90s, even, you know, my friends didn't have any. At first, it was just uh, computer games and DOS and so on. Uh, so I was very familiar with everything before it, it got popular. Um, and then in elementary school, we had an option to take a test to check if you're eligible for some enrichment classes for advanced, so-called advanced kids. Uh, so I did, and I was able to go to some after-school math classes, which were really fun for me. You know, it involved a lot of logic riddles. Uh, how much does it cost a half chicken plus two and a half chickens and some <laughs> like weird stuff. I don't know mm -hmm. if you're familiar with this kind. Oh, yeah. But also, <laughs> yeah. But we, all, we also learned um, some math topics like, um, you know, equations. So I was able in the age of 10 to learn how to solve uh, equations into variables, um, which really helped me later on to be actually bored at school and then continue with the more advanced uh, math topics. Uh, mm -hmm. So when, uh, so later on it gets me to into another uh, advanced program when I finished basically my finals 
in a very early stage in high school, um, which left me a lot, a lot of free time. And once you're two years, you're eliminating the, all the math. And mm -hmm. so I did what every other normal kid would do. And I just took another major, you know, computer <laughs> do, science. Do, do, I, do every kid do that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm probably. sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, actually, so you're involved in more math? Uh, in more, yeah, in a in different way. Actually, I have a funny story about it. So this program, usually you finish, um, you finish your finals in math um, when you're 16, and then you're able to start um, to go to university to start a, a math uh, degree. So I had to choose, but at the same time, I, was, I found about this really cool trip with um, Jewish Americans that came to Israel for a month to travel with other Israelis uh, all around the country. So like mm, linear algebra or a trip with uh, kids my age for a month. Okay, so I chose the trip. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were, were going to say I chose algebra. <laughs> no, actually I chose the trip and uh, you know, my life could have could uh, been a little bit different, maybe uh, other opportunities, but um, I'm very glad that I did it. Uh, it actually, it really improved my English at the time. I started uh, mm -hmm. dreaming English. So my mom, my mom told me. And, uh, and yeah, so this was like a, a junction when I, I think I chose well, but who knows? Uh, you cannot so redo anyway, it anyway. So. What's that? You, you cannot redo it anyway. So it was anyway, a right I cannot redo it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, so I add so in my really free time, I added uh, computer science. So it might it might not been uh, worth noting the, this point that normally in Israel in high schools you can pick after two majors in most of the schools, but since I went to a religious school, uh, all girls religious school, and uh, they already picked one major for us, like religious studies. So mm -hmm. I had only one one to pick from, and I really wanted the uh, physics because I don't know. My parents told me it will open doors later on in the university. I don't know. Maybe it helped. Maybe it didn't. But I wanted also computer science, so I tried to somehow do it. So I went to the management and I say, "Hi, I have some free time. I wanted to I want to go to computer science, and and somehow the stars like connected." And they said, okay, you can go to the boys' school after hours and Ooh. go study with them. So, so yeah, it was really unusual for the time. And um, so every week I had literally run after my physics class, passed like two streets to, to get on time to the boys' school, to go to the computer science classes. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, funny stories in them, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> this is what. <laughs> so, uh, okay. just a question there: Did you remember what attracted you toward uh, computer science back then? You spoke about math, you spoke about physics. What was the attraction yeah, there? Yeah, so well, I was very familiar with computers, and uh, since I was, I don't know, uh, twelve years old, over like uh, blind typed uh, all my uh, documents. And uh, I, I remember after, by the way, I did this trip with the Americans and they all said, oh, you should uh, go on MySpace, something mm -hmm. like a new social network. Uh, you should go on there. And they were like, uh, you could design your own profile in a very outrageous way. 
horrible now <laughs> to see. <laughs> I remember I looked in, you know, in the background to try to change the, the inline HTML uh, style. Um, yeah, and you know, my father was electrical engineer, so I learned, I heard a little bit about not software engineering, he was more in the, in the hardware part, but it was not uh, so unfamiliar to me. Mm -hmm. Did, did you have an itch you wanted to scratch? Did you have some projects you wanted to do? Was it was there something through this medium that you wanted to to reach? To, uh, by learning computer science? Yeah, I think it, it was just very interesting for me. Okay, I didn't uh, really want to. I was not like a hacker or something, or try to do something a project uh, by myself. I don't think, I think one time I picked up an HTML book, but it didn't really click. I think I was a little bit premature for me mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. But yes, yeah, so I wanted to know, I loved learning and it was another type of math, type of riddles to solve, mm -hmm. uh, to okay. make the computer do, do stuff. Um, so yeah, I think okay. this was it. Um, yeah, and but thanks to the fact that I learned both physics and computer science, uh, later on I was accepted in, into a technological unit in the Israeli army. But maybe it's time to now it's the time to to mention that in Israel it's <laughs> mandatory to go to the army. That's uh, true. That's true. So, yeah, so for you, you made two your... years for the, was mm -hmm. three years and uh, okay. yeah. So y you basically. You don't really get to choose where you're going to be um, placed, but if you have a certain background and you pass a certain test, you're, then you're you're able to go and to be accepted to some units. And those in Israel are very familiar that if you go to a technolo technological units, you have much more leverage in the future to get accepted to places. It's it's mm -hmm. nice to have it on your own resume. Mm -hmm. It opened yeah. doors. Yeah, it opened doors. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, you did one more year, right? It's two years mandatory, and you extended no, one did, year. No, 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 no. I did two years. Uh, okay, two years in the army. <laughs> probably now we should. Now probably they change it, and they you have to go to another year if you are in any tech field. But I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so um, I, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I, when I was accepted, I was very happy to get accepted to a computers, uh, you know, team and tech unit. And um, I was actually thinking that I was going to code there to be a programmer. <laughs> I didn't discover in the first week, oh, wait, I'm going to be uh, a QA uh, and a QA engineer and automation engineer and um, mm -hmm. an integrator, which I didn't really know what, what does it mean, but uh, okay. So, um, so I worked together with the software team and it was surrounded by all these academic people and PC boys and I felt really, really undereducated and a bit overwhelmed by people like casually saying, oh, you know, when I started programming at the age of six, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do this at the age of six. <laughs> That's almost what you said before, saying, well, when I started doing some riddles at the edge, you didn't say the edge, but um, I, I guess I you were prepared. Math. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I no, didn't know what it was. 
how to code. <laughs> what is coding? Yeah. <laughs> Just a question before you, we get there. What was the uh-huh. um, the picture you had in your mind when you when you um, when you when somebody told you, okay, you're you're going to do some QA and integration? What what was the, the picture you had in your mind saying, okay, this is going to be my next two years, and then we'll come to what it really became? Do you remember that? <laughs> I I do remember that because I. <laughs> I was uh, joining this uh, particular uh, team and replacing another uh, soldier that was leaving this job. Mm-hmm. And she was like all there. She, she had it. She had enough of the job. She was all <laughs> bound. She was like, her face was down. She was, it was not oh, the wow. best welcoming into the team and into the role, I must say. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, so you came in with uh, uh, sort of reluctance, with uh, very worried, saying, oh, God, what's going to happen to me? I, I must say, I'm a very optimistic person, uh, usually. Okay. So <laughs> I was a bit, okay. It's, it was weird. This was the welcoming that you're giving a, a new first soldier that doesn't know what, what the army is like, doesn't know what is, you know, to be working in a, in a computer uh, software engineering team. But okay, I, I went on it and the job involved partially you know, many manual testing and some, a little bit of a Python writing scripts. Um, it was the first time that I was given the test okay you should learn python go on and learn it nice okay come back tomorrow how should i (laughs) learn yeah (laughs) basically yeah like tomorrow in two days like i code this so it was nice it was nice experience to to go just dive into the water like this um yeah another shock that i had in the army was if you remembered i was learning in an all-girls school Mm -hmm. and then i joined the army to a software engineering team like 30 boys and one other girl which told me this horrible thing and me <laughs> so it was not the very best uh okay uh, experience but uh but yeah but later on discovered okay they are all nice and uh so one of my best friends are still from there so it's nice <laughs> Okay, um, a question there maybe. It, um, I, I don't want to date you. So uh, if I remember well, uh, reading your, your LinkedIn, it's about 10 to 15 years ago that you were, you were in the army. Um, do you think it has changed the, in terms of diversity? So we're pushing a lot in the industry to have more women, more people of underrepresented communities. Do you think it has changed there as well? I frankly don't know. Uh, I, I sound old to myself now that I'm very <laughs> old from this uh, <laughs> this time phrasing, but uh, I think in any field, in any tech field, it's very difficult that your funnel is your funnel is tough for diversity. So it all begins, you know, you are interviewing people, what their their journey, and many of them say, "Oh, it all started back there in the when I was a kid, when I was mm-hmm. programming, when I was six years old." <laughs> but mm-hmm. so, and not many girls. Unfortunately, not many girls learn at uh, in elementary school, in high school. They're not, they're still not learning enough STEM uh, um, studies. Mm-hmm. So it makes it hard to get into accepted into these elite units later on, just because the funnel is not. If they're doing any diversity uh, efforts, um, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I hope so. I hope so too. But that's really that's yeah. really a unique position because it's a mandatory military service. So every kid has to go through it. And mm-hmm. so they 
could basically pick and choose whoever they want and, and make a dent on this culture appeals piece. But at the same time, it's a, it's a strategical uh, um, uh, piece. So you don't want to, you really want to have the best of the best. So it's, re- it's really a, a difficult, a difficult problem to solve. Um, but uh, that's, a, that's okay. It will stick in my mind. I will, I will see <laughs> if I can find some answers afterward. Um, yeah. So um, maybe to to close this this first uh, this first loop mm-hmm. on your uh, on your on your time in service, um, did you leave the service um, with a sad face and and really uh, uh, fed up with this whole QA stuff like the soldier before you, or did you leave with a smile <laughs> on your face and say, "Hey, this is cool. <laughs> I want to get on with it." I definitely didn't want to do any more manual QA. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. I hear you. And you know, the part that I did program, they did wrote some scripts. It, it interests me. It's, mm-hmm. And I was surrounded with the very intelligent people who were doing very cool stuff. So, yeah, at the same time, I felt undereducated and, oh, maybe I'm, I could have done something more cool in my service. But then, you know, it pushed me to, and only two weeks after I discharged from the army, I started learning in university uh, instead of you know doing the big trip after after uh, releasing from from the army. Um, is, is this, so is it this all ended up, mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I so it all ended up very well from on my terms. You mentioned this big trip. Is it something that uh, uh, that is culturally the norm? People come out of the army and then first travel the world and, and do something else entirely, be free, not, not in the army, and, and then come back to reality. Or- yeah, you usually usually people do this, do this, or travel, or you know, doing the the, the equivalent to the SATs before the university. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention it, but uh, because I was so bored in high school because I didn't have to do any math anymore, so I did I did those tests before in high school. So oh, okay. I already passed this, so I was ready. Okay, I can just sign up to the university and start mm-hmm. this. So, so how did you cho- uh, pick and choose? How did you decide where to go? So I knew I, I wanted to do computer science because it was very interesting for me and I wanted to double down it. And let's be honest, it's, it's a good job. So why not? It is indeed. Yeah. Uh, but I also did, I did a double major. I did computer science and cognitive science. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, by one day, my aunt told me that my, uh, you know, a related uh, distant cousin is doing some uh, learning something about the brain. It could be very interesting for you because, uh, you know, aunt, aunt tends to, you know, to tell you, oh, you're so great, you should do this. So I looked into it, it really sounded interesting. So I did uh, eventually went to this year, Jerusalem, uh, Hebrew University of Jerusalem and learned there, cognitive science, mm-hmm. uh, which was really interesting. It helped me a lot, you know, in conversation around the dinner, <laughs> less for uh, <laughs> finding a job. <laughs> but this, this, okay, this I had the computer science degree, so I'll go. Mm-hmm. Did, did, did you manage to connect those two since your studies? Not just in, in, in dinner occasions, but uh, but really in your, yeah, so in your day-to-day, bringing those two cards together? So never in a direct way. I, I never went to, um, you know, I started a company that is doing something related to it. But I see the connections all the time. You know, after mm-hmm. all, in the end of the day, where you're building a software 
for users who are users they're human beings they have mm -hmm. all these tendencies you know you you have this psychological uh, games all the time played in you um i saw it uh, a lot when um, one of the companies that i worked at mixed as we were doing a lot a lot of a b testings mm -hmm. and it basically it has a lot of the psychological effects if you put this thing to user versus the other thing if you plan a play b play c they would probably choose something in the middle why mm -hmm. because they are tending to, to to be to go to the norm uh mm -hmm. many many things that we can play with uh, and it's nice it think about it it is indeed. And in your, uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a bit in your role as a manager now. Um, mm -hmm. It must help as well to understand what's going on in the brain in front of you. Uh, and that's just with, with the, what words <laughs> are sure, coming like, out. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. So you mentioned this, for example, giving feedback. If mm -hmm. you're giving someone feedback, they will, sure, they're amygdala, they're a center of fear and uh, fight or flight. Uh, mm -hmm. They would just arouse and they said, oh, no, not at all. It's not the case. And you can shut it down by okay, not saying your opinion or your feedback immediately, but stating the facts, stating what, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, there are ways to address this. That if you take in mind the natural reactions of people, because we're animals after all. We are indeed. You'll, you'll get, you'll get a hopefully better results. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. That that's something. Uh, um, so I, I I really studied uh, engineering and, and then computer science and discovered this whole uh, brain part of this whole people part really uh, by doing afterwards. And it was really stumbling upon it and and stumbling, for instance, on on nonviolent communication and saying, "Hey, this really works." And let's let's untangle why is it working? Oh, you're stating the fact as you said. Oh, okay. And now you're stating how you feel about it. So nobody can can negate this. It's it's how you feel. Nobody can say well, exactly. you're feeling wrong. Well, you tell me. But I'm, that's what I'm feeling, and and then slowly build up onto the feedback that you wanted to give, and then suddenly you have somebody listening to you, and you didn't hack their brain. You just used the way the fight or flight response is working. People are going to negate what you say if you don't bring it the, the right way. And this coming at it from this angle, saying okay, stumbled upon it, gave some really bad feedback, and so people explode in front of me and say, okay, that's not the right way. <laughs> But that must be interesting to see it from the other way and see it, learn it beforehand and then see it happen and say, okay, okay, I, I see what's happening now. I, I, and I understand that as well. And Definitely. I understand that as well. That's yeah, and it's not manipulating people. It's just, you know, better uh, dealing with the tools you have, with your mm -hmm. words, with your actions. Yeah. Ma manipulating would be when you want to do something or you want the person to do something uh, which is different from what their being would be doing uh, otherwise yeah. and so that's where you start manipulating but if you are trying to prevent somebody from exploding it's not manipulating it's just <laughs> you didn't want this person to explode in the first place so it's fine by me <laughs> <laughs> okay so um you finished this uh this uh curriculum double majored how did you decide yeah. where to go so yeah you know, i applied to a couple of companies i i did a mistake and now I see it's a mistake and put my CV in, you know, in one of those uh, websites that just sends to every recorder in the world. And so I still get some old emails regarding uh, my previous uh, first CV. But, but then you mean you're still offered some QA testing, uh, manual QA testing oh, jobs? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry for that. 
It's okay. QA is a, is a respectful uh, position. It's fun. Yeah. It, it is indeed. But I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just. It, it's so painful to see people who didn't skim your profile. They just picked some keywords, and I have this on on my end because I did some C plus plus very early in my career. And then I stopped entirely and I still get offered a lot of jobs in C++. I say, people, if you looked at my profile for two and a half seconds, you would see it's 20 years ago. Maybe I'm not the right person for that, <laughs> but no, they didn't. Yeah, but, just, but hiring is, is tough. It's a whole different subject. So I, I'm not envying isn't. somebody that has to find engineers in any time. It's, uh, no, it's tough. Yeah. I have a feeling there's a story uh, here. You, you, you crossed your arms when you started talking about hiring. Ah, uh, no, no, it's just cold here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn, that's no, me looking fine. too much at the brain in front of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so sorry, after, I got you. Yeah, so after the university, I started applying to, to some companies. And um, again, one of, the, one of the startups I really interviewed uh, to them, I remember this interview was sitting in one of the latest interviews in front of the CEO and he was like, oh, so why, why do you want to go specifically to work for a startup? I was like, yeah, I want to be, I really don't want to feel like I'm a cog in the machine. I want to be able to do some meaningful work to impact. Um, basically, I said anything that for me, I thought would impress him. And it did. But like, <laughs> if some big corporate was to offer me a job at the time, I would Totally take it. You know, I was just fresh from university. <laughs> just, I was saying what I was what I, I thought would be good to say. Uh, and it but worked. yeah, and it worked. Yeah, and also remember some, also from the same company, um, some interview question. I was very like confused by this question, saying, "Oh, what's the difference between Java and JavaScript?" I was like, "Ah." Uh, not sure. Maybe the syntax is similar. <laughs> Later on, I, I googled it and I saw on Stack Overflow this amazing answer saying like JavaScript and Java are similar, like car and carpet are similar. <laughs> this is basically. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, so so it's, it was funny to think that, you know, maybe it was like a bullshit checker question mm -hmm. to see if I'm not bluffing anything. It's, I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. But, anyway, uh -huh. When you answered, you say, I don't know, maybe, and you started elaborating or thinking out loud. Do you remember if, if that, did you answer like this? I don't remember. Um, I, I, I don't remember. Because uh, sitting sitting like, on the other side of the table, that would be for mm -hmm. me the, 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 where the red flag is. If somebody says, well, it's probably this and this, uh, I say, okay, now, now you're trying to bullshit me. If you're saying, I don't know. But it could be this, it could be that, and it could be that. And um, if I had access to internet, I would look at this and this and that. I say, okay, this person is taking me on this adventure and in their mind. They don't know. They told me that. And they're trying to elaborate and find the options. Fine. That's really good. Definitely. I, I don't know what I did, what I answered at the time, but for sure. Now, when I'm talking, some, sometimes I do, like you mentioned, I, I mentor some uh, people trying to find a, a new job and saying, okay, if you don't know, just say you don't know mm -hmm. or try to think out loud, but it would like, don't try to just throw any answers. And sometimes knowing your boundaries is also a very good virtue. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sorry, I cut you again. Yeah. So, uh, so I got accepted to the job. Um, 
but in a hindsight, I I discovered that what really was impressing for them in my CV, uh, so-called long CV, was the short experience in Python that I had. So, okay. H- hence the question about JavaScript and Java. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I wrote a lot of things in my CV back then. You know, I wrote, I know CSS because I took this class in a university regarding you know, CSS. It's the first task at my start, my job at this startup was to redesign the whole help center writing CSS. And then I just discovered, okay, I don't know CSS enough. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's okay. Any junior CV, you just say it's a junior CV. It's okay. You don't really know a lot of stuff that is written there. It's fine. <laughs> and and, and uh, even more important, you don't know what you don't know yet. You, exactly. you thought you learned CSS and then you realize you no, you didn't. <laughs> but that's fine. That, yeah. That's the way it is. <laughs> it's fine. So uh, how, long, how long did you stay with this company? So I stayed on it for three years. At first I was doing... Uh, what I would call now full full stack uh, job, full stack engineering, mm-hmm. just called web web uh, web engineering back there. Um, I was doing on the back end Python and front end vanilla JavaScript was before all this framework, mm-hmm. and, and I was actually doing this for a year while sitting next to the Android developer at the time, mm-hmm. and it was so cool, looked so cool that he could write some uh, uh, codes of line lines of code, and then it appears directly on his device. You can probably show it to his friends, to his family later on at home. I was so jealous and so excited about it. So I did something that apparently was a good thing. I just told him that. Said, oh, it's so cool. I would really want to know this. And luckily enough, it was a great timing because apparently he, had, he was about to leave the company in a couple of months, and there was no, no one to substitute him. So he told oh, okay. this to our boss and said, okay, learn it and you'll be the developer, the Android developer. <laughs> Here, cold water, jump. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's nice. It's the kind of thing that only in startups probably you would uh, have mm-hmm. this kind of opportunities to just jump in the, wa- the water to be suddenly from not knowing Android development at all to be the only developer in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there. I have a question. Then, how did you approach uh-huh. this problem when you have two, you know you have two months ahead of you, you don't know mm-hmm. the technology yet, and you're going to be the sole responsible person two months from now? How do you prepare yourself for that? So, of course, I utilize the time that I have that I had with this developer to help me learn as much as I can. I also kept in touch with this person, so I still asking questions after after he left the company. It was fine. So, started collecting my, you know, my own community of developers. I didn't know, like, a community. But point of context, I will uh, ask uh, this person and that person. And uh, and actually, one of those people, I started looking on Twitter. I joined Twitter. And mm-hmm. I started looking for people who, who are doing some Android developers, maybe following them, maybe asking them questions. Um, and one of these people were was a person called Shem Magdezi. Was spoiler, he's now my boss uh, at Wilco. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was doing also Android development at the time, and I was asking him a lot of questions. He consulted with him. Um, it really helped to have someone who you can approach to, especially when you are the only person in this field in your company. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? That was your first or your introduction to, to communities around uh, tech development? Yeah, I think so. I would not call it still a community. Later on, I discovered, I, I tried to look for meetups mm-hmm. and I discovered a real community called uh, the Adrian Other uh, Academy where I joined and also I mentored there and I participated in a hackathon there, which is really nice. And then I started the feeling of community of people who are doing the same thing uh, as I do, who do themselves with. And it's really a game changer for me to discover who to consult with because you're not working in a big company. You have tons of engineers to consult with and to learn from. Mm-hmm. So you... you you took a lot from there. Why did you start giving your time there? So I mentioned your 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 mentoring, doing doing some mentoring. Your mm-hmm. uh, this uh, this uh, uh, woman community bout. Did, did I do you, you pronounce it bout bout? Yeah, um, bout. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. so why why did you decide at some point to be on the other side of this of the community giving? Uh, spoiler alert! I'm sorry. I'm sure you're taking as much. But, uh, <laughs> be also active there and not just uh, not just taking in. Um, I think first in the Android Academy community, I was being approached to, hey, you have experience of a few years in Android development, why won't you be uh, a mentor? It was, it was a, a community around actually giving voluntarily a course for other engineers who want to go into the field of Android development to learn Android from the first scratch. So at the same it was nice to be to be asked, hey, basically being said, oh, you know enough to teach others. I said, okay, maybe I'll go for it. <laughs> and personally, I think the best the best way to learn something is to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also the same in the university. Whenever I wanted to actually go and learn something, I would take one of my friends and try to teach him. <laughs> you think? <laughs> okay. Because then you, you, it's like a bullshit checker. You cannot explain something that you don't know. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, in depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you crumble at the first question. The first question that just goes a little bit off, off track to say, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then you yeah. have to review your knowledge. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, just, just on mentoring for a second. Um, so you said you, you did some mentoring there and then mentoring on Plateau, which is a whole different beast. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did mentoring compare there to the mentoring you're doing now? The, the, same, the same kind of mentoring or... Uh, different kind of programs because there's as many flavors as there are people probably. And the different kind of programs, different kind of objectives. You know, the first in the Android Academy, it was actually sitting in person with somebody, just people practicing their uh, their progress in the course, and you're sitting answering questions. The other in the audit was a, a program to help to find your next job, to find your next mm-hmm. uh, step in your career. So it was a different kind of things, uh, mentoring. Now, actually, the platform, it was interesting because um, after I'm jumping in a few, a few points in uh, uh, my career, but in one point, when I, after I, I looked for a job myself, I said, okay, I want to write a blog post about how, how you should find your next, uh, your next job, mm-hmm. your next place. You know, the interview goes both directions. How would you ask the correct questions to know, hey, I want to work in this place or, hey, I want to stay away from this place? <laughs> no, thank you. So I wrote a, 
I wrote about it, and then afterwards, someone approached me from Plato from this uh, mm-hmm. platform, said, "Oh, we love your blog post. I want to mentor uh, in our community." Mm-hmm. So it's nice. It's nice to see how when you are volunteering somewhere, when you are writing somewhere out loud, uh, out in the wild of the internet, somehow it can get back to you and gives you more opportunities. Mm-hmm. I see, I see, I see. Um, with, with one eye on the clock, I'd like to come back to one story. So you said very early, uh, so you started building this community and met the person who is now your, your boss at Wilco. How did, did yeah. that translate to you at some point after we're, we're, we're <laughs> jumping a few a few milestones in there, but but coming back yeah. at some point to Wilco and work with him directly? Yeah, so even before, so it was before Wilco, way before Wilco, I was working in one of the startups and talking with Sham uh, on Twitter regarding Android, uh, and he was he was working at the time at WeWork, a little company, mm-hmm. maybe uh, you've heard about company. it. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe made it to the news uh, one time, but uh, so it did. It, yeah, <laughs> so it was the beginning of the R and D center in Israel for WeWork, mm-hmm. and he was saying, "Oh, you should totally come and interview at WeWork. You can come work with us." Say nice at the time, at the time. No, no, thank you. And then it, <laughs> at some point, it was the right timing, and uh, and I went and I joined, and. Uh, it was one of the best decisions, the career decisions I've made. I'm sure you would talk to uh, 20 different people who work at WeWork, you will hear the same answer. It was such such an amazing workplace. But by the way, the first place where I uh, I discovered the basic work standards, you know, having one-on-ones, having, you know, updates, working with the product properly, well, things that are now basics, but I worked in a really, really small startup before. Okay. Uh, WeWork was uh, by then the largest startup that I've ever worked at, and there were 30 people in Israel in the R&D. Okay. This was the largest for me. And uh, and yeah, and I had a privilege of working with some really intelligent people and discovered, you know, the basic joy of discussion of, with other engineers regarding stuff, extreme programming, uh, you know, enriching other people. and. Why I'm saying WeWork was one of the best places I've worked in, because the amount of opportunity and trust the management gave you, you could have done basically whatever you wanted. You want you made some interest in some field, even if you don't have the experience in it. Go ahead, do it, explore it. You know, with guidance, with done not just in the wild. You know, with the it's still a workplace, but people leveled up so much on it of mm-hmm. just jumping in the water and giving the opportunity and trust and the, so, the relationship it's it was amazing there then the next obvious question is why did you leave <laughs> it was such a nice place <laughs> actually so at we work <laughs> i was i was there for about three years mm-hmm. and if you asked me back then okay i could see myself until the retirement uh, there uh, mm-hmm. But then uh, I was actually getting back from maternity leave, saying, okay. okay, let's go back to work. And uh, it all started to, to crash and uh, <laughs> it to go down. So it was a bit uh, well, weird and sad and uh, under uncertainty at the time. 
but uh, but yeah. So this chapter had had to end, and I looked mm -hmm. for the the next step. Uh, yeah. So I didn't mention, but at WeWork, we're all, always having the discussion between, you know, uh, the IC track or the management track, and I didn't want, I didn't know where to choose and what to choose, and mm -hmm. I was on the other one hand attracted to the business side and uh, to the, the planning, the product and how to do it. And I was always replacing my manager when he was away. And on the other hand, uh, I don't know, I loved engineering. I I heard management is a lot of load. And my, my aunt actually, she used to be an amazing software engineer. And when she, when she went uh, into the management uh, path, she just, she was under lots of load and she actually left the field completely. I didn't want this to happen to me. Mm -hmm. But although at the time, uh, you know, I was not, I didn't have any kids and I was not even married. So I don't know why it bothered me so much. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but eventually I went for it for the, the management test and I'm really glad. Um, so this was it. So afterwards, after we work, I had to look for another job as a manager. And that uh, ended up at Mixtos, uh, which is, if you are familiar with it, it's a B2C company, very successful in the home design uh, section. And then three three weeks after I joined, as I joined first as, a, as an engineer, you know, to prove myself, they don't know me, I don't have a lot of experience managing. managing. Then I said, okay, come uh, join us as an engineer and then um, you know six months later on become a, a manager and three weeks after I joined a oh, small things like the pandemic happened Ooh. and <laughs> there was a lockdown yeah, that was something <laughs> yeah so it was challenging but gladly I I made a transition and uh, I became the management a manager and I discovered I really loved it. You know, the connection with the people to lead the product on the other hand, one hand to to push for, forward for the business while keeping the relationship and the people on your team happy and not just happy, no, to progress them professionally. And by the way, I, I don't know if you've ever managed someone, but it's very different. Every person, yeah. <laughs> so every person is a whole world and uh, every person has their, their own desires and progress progress professionally it's uh, different for everyone uh, and this is one of the things that were really challenging you know how to take someone who's in a certain level and progress them professionally without you know breaking production too much oh, yeah. without uh, <laughs> you know you <laughs> Yeah, you're a small startup. How, how do you do that? How do you give the opportunities to work at? And th this is one of the reasons I really loved the idea of Wilco. When I heard, you know, I worked with Sham. I was at the time very good friends with him. And he told me, uh, you yeah, was about to start a startup. And um, basically want to tackle this, this point, you know, how to, how do you uh, give people, the experience they have, real, real, real world experience without, you know, without having to spend 
five years until you happen to go to this uh, outage in production and then yeah. oh you know you have now the, the knowledge of it or how do you get experience as a junior uh, engineer before your first job how do you do that not just okay. uh, writing scripts uh, online so basically this was the idea behind it and and Awilco is a platform for this. It's like a, like a flight simulator, for, but for engineers. You know, you go, you join a company, you do some, uh, you get some tasks for your man from your manager, you have to open a PR, you have to, oh, it doesn't work. Okay, go fix it. How? Hey, figure it out. Figure right, out. You're, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so you can virtually break production on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. You can break for but don't, don't push to first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. And so um, did you reach this this goal uh, in Wilco of uh, really having this flight simulator and the people learning from doing it and not having to jump through the hoots in real life with uh, with, with big air quotes? Yeah. So actually, everyone can, can try it out. It's for free now for everyone. And okay. um, we actually have a couple of stories that people actually went on this platform and uh, gained some experience and uh, even got a job thanks to it. Yeah. Okay. Ho hopefully there will be some stories coming out of this story saying people say, <laughs> hey, I will try, I will try Wilco and, and then they should contact you and, uh, and give you some more stories. <laughs> but before we get there, um, c coming back to, uh, to, the, to the mentoring piece, um, mm -hmm. is there one advice that you keep on giving to more junior developers in this in this mentoring context, we say, hey, this is something that everybody should know. I I, I didn't mention it maybe enough, but uh, if you happen to have some opportunity to get to be a mentee or to mentor, either way, just go for it. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if you feel as a mentor you don't feel you have enough experience. It's okay. As a mentee, oh, there are many people, other people that uh, might need it more than me. No, it doesn't matter. You, you can gain so much from it. I, for for example, I didn't mention it, but during this uh, first job, uh, first job as a, a manager from the, the start, I started to go on a program uh, by the community managers for managers. They paired me up with an amazing mentor who is now also a very very good friend of mine. Uh, Tony Arad Felik, thank you. <laughs> she helped me so much uh, to, you know, to gain basically the the confidence in my management management skills to be able to see the situations, to reflect on it, uh, to give some advice from experience. So, if you happen to have any opportunity to get uh, to be mentor or to mentor, go for it. It's just music to my ears. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Limor, it's been a, it's been a fantastic uh, story. Thank you for that. Uh, where where would be the best place to uh, contact you and talk about about management, about communities, about mentorship, or, or something else entirely? Maybe about Wilco. Um, where would that be? So thank you. First, it was very very uh, fun for me as well. Um, well, I'm on I'm on Twitter, although it's mostly in Hebrew. But you're uh, welcome to to reach out and on LinkedIn, uh, and yeah. Okay. Any uh, thing you want to highlight or plug in before we we call it today? No, just the just go dive into the water. This is a you know no matter what 
you heard it. Just go for it. Awesome. Limor, thank you very, very much. Thank you. And this has been another episode of Depost Journey. We'll see each other next week. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. If you like the show, please share, rate, and review. It helps more listeners discover those stories. You can find the links to all the platforms the show appears on on our website, devjourney.info slash subscribe. Creating the show every week takes a lot of time, energy, and, of course, money. Would you please help me continue bringing out those inspiring stories every week by pledging a small monthly donation? You'll find our Patreon link at devjourney.info slash donate. And finally, don't hesitate to reach out and tell me how this week's story is shaping your future. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at timothep, T-I-M-O-T-H-E-P, or per email, info at devjourney.info. Talk to you soon.